Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Spiritual Gangsta Certified. I'm your host, Illy Vish, or Janae. The answer to either. I've been away for a little while. It's been a rough, rough last year for most of us. And while trying to take care of some personal stuff and also tending to people I already deal with as astrological clients, wanted to make sure that my focus was where it could be at the time. However, coming back feeling renewed and airy season is most certainly responsible for that. (laughs) The sun loves being in Aries. This is energizing a part of us that talks about ourselves, who we stand up for as ourselves out in the world, how we aggress ourselves, how we go for things, our responsibility, especially because we're still dealing with Chiron in Aries, which I have always said is taking responsibility for one's healing, standing up, realizing you are the one. You are the one, the person that is responsible for pulling yourself up and out and going out into the world. This is Aries energy. I am. Who are we? What do we put after the I am? That's the interesting thing. But wanted to talk a little bit about the full moon and Libra that's coming up on March 28th. Just a second, of course, because I am on camera. I can't get everything going the way that I would like to. But um, essentially, you guys, we had our astrological new year at um, the spring equinox. And, you know, I know a lot of people count their new year from January 1st, but in seasonal and Western astrological terms, the new year started when Aries season began. So we're dealing with, um, at this point, the full moon in Libra. That's when, of course, any full moons are going to occur when the sun and the moon are in opposition. So the sun is in Aries and the moon is in its opposite sign, Libra. Now, when we think about the Aries and the Libra axis, what do we think about? What is it important for us to see and understand? Well, one of the first things that I wanted to talk about is opposites in general per hermetic law are the same energy at other ends of the spectrum. They're the same in essence and different in degree. So Aries itself, Libra is relationship to the other. What we learn about ourselves usually comes from our interactions with other people and vice versa. This axis is very important to embrace and truly understand. When you stand alone on yourself and your actions and your words and your habits just kind of come out of you naturally, how do they affect other people? We don't just get to go out into the world and just do whatever we want to do with no consequence. Everything that we do, the words that we speak, the way that we come off are all going to impact other people and thereby force us to have to deal with their responses to it. There's no escaping this. We are not islands. This is an axis that reminds us of that very important thing. So um, pulling the chart from my location from March 28th, 2021 at 2.48 p.m., is when I have the full moon in Libra occurring. From my location, Leo is on the ascendant. Now, this is really interesting to me. Of course, the moon opposing the sun. Oppositions are, again, calls for balance. 
we can look at the sun in many different ways. Masculine energy, right? The moon, feminine energy. Leo energy is ruled by the sun. Cancer energy is ruled by the moon. We can look at the dynamic between the masculine and feminine. And then we also want to remember that this moon is also opposing Venus. And the sun is conjunct Venus. So the sun is like swallowing Venus up really big. It's adding a touch of... When I talk about the sun all the time, I always say it's like shining a light on things. It's also giving energy to vitality. It's a battery. Okay. So we can't help but see that this full moon's themes are centered around Venus. And Venus is always centered around relationships. Venus is currently in Aries, though. It doesn't like to be there. Venus would prefer to be in Libra or Taurus. Now, or Pisces. But... Essentially, the focus on relationships and this opposition energy, so Venus opposing the moon, let's just think for a minute how that comes off, okay? A lot of people may associate feminine energy with Venus, which I definitely understand, but also with the moon. I believe the moon rules cancer and therefore feminine or receptive energy. So when we think about the moon standing at cross purposes or opposite Venus. What do we have here? Well, if the moon is highlighting our instinctual, emotional reactions to things, right now the moon is in Libra, or for this event, it'll be in Libra. Balance, harmony. It's a cardinal air sign. It likes to kind of get things going and explore. Aesthetically, thought-wise, whole bunch of different ways. But it's standing opposed to value systems, relationships, money. There's an examination here at a deeper emotional level about what we feel about our relationships, our connections, our one-to-one -one commitments. What are we committed to? Who are we committed to? What do our relationships look like and how do they feel? Are they off kilter? Do we have balance? Because when we have balance, we can live in better harmony. What happens when the scales are unbalanced? We live at extremes. It's tilted too far one way, an extreme. Tilted too far the other way, another extreme. But what I love, what I absolutely love about full moons, you'll, you'll hear people all the time talk about their times for release, they are, but what I love about the full moon is paying attention to the signs that the sun and the moon are in and what that axis means. So huge themes. This is something that you can remind yourself of all the time. You want to make sure you're looking when we're having a full moon first where the moon is and then where the sun is. They'll be opposing each other. So you're getting an axis of themes where you have to call for balance. Look up keywords for those two particular signs. When you do that, you're able to pull forth some themes that may resonate with you about what you should be paying attention to. We can speak in general a lot about how astrological transits are going to affect everybody, but the truth of the matter is you want to personalize it some. Where is it transiting your natal chart? Where is it transiting your progress chart? There's so much to look at in terms of how you're personally affected. And yes, there are people such as myself who are willing to help you figure out what that is for you, the readings and coaching and such. But a good rule of thumb is to 
actually practicalize, did I just make up a word? Make practical what's going on astrologically. See how you can use it in your own life. So if you're paying attention to themes for both Libra and Aries, what do you have? This balance of self and other. This is fire and air standing opposed to each other. Both ready to go for it as they're both cardinal signs. They have initiative. So the themes that can come up for you, if you're familiar with your birth chart, you should be looking at where the sun and moon are transiting your natal chart. This will give you so much information. Now, not to get too complicated, but I did want to have a word about collectively what all this energy is. We've got things at eights. So the sun's at eight degrees Aries. Chiron's at eight degrees Aries. Venus is at eight degrees Aries. These three bodies working together. <laughs> you want some keys, some hints, some clues into what's going on? You gotta pay attention to this. So we already talked about looking at Venus, our value systems, our relationships and such. And then Chiron, Chiron in Aries is taking responsibility for yourself, standing up for your own healing. This transit, eight years long, essentially, of Chiron being in Aries, it is a time where you gotta stand up. It's on you. Our healing, what we need to work on. A lot of people will get so caught up in looking at someone starting to deconstruct, I guess, all their different pain. And that's when a lot of blame gets placed on other people, which is natural most times. But when you really dig into your own trauma, you can see and find out, wow, like, okay, I may not be responsible for some things, but here's how I can work on this because it's ultimately affecting me. It's standing up somewhere and deciding, you know what? I can handle this. I got this. It's all about that. All about that. So that working with the sun, working in accordance with the sun, with Venus, with Chiron, and then opposing the moon. Now, if we're looking at the moon as like kind of the shadow self, as I see some people describe it, or, you know, what's going in on in our inner core, whereas the sun would be what's projected. How are we receiving things? Now, we can be honest with ourselves. I think everybody has kind of been here where you may not be proud of how you've dealt with relationships or things that were going on in your relationships in the past. And that's okay. That's okay. We all have the things we cringe about when we think about them. However, if you have gotten to the point in your healing journey where you're able to honestly take accountability for your actions, internalize them, process them, and get everything out in a healthy manner, then this is a time frame that you can utilize to really stand naked across from yourself and your relationships. How do you impact them? If they're going great and going in such a way that you love, what's, what's really the main impact of that? What in your growth process and the point of life that you've come to now has you in this space? Recognize that, be grateful for it. Do more of that. If things are going the way you don't want them to go, then essentially you need to deconstruct that. 
how do we contribute to what we experience in relationships? Are we dealing with people who are simply responding to how we are acting? Or are we dealing with people who want to control us and therefore are thrusting things upon us that we're responding to? There's very many combinations that this could be too. It's not just one thing for all people, but you really, really think about it. What's there? What is there? What can you pull out? I say to people a lot too, I don't think we pay attention enough to simple things, though a lot of astrologers will get upset because some of the very simple aspects of astrology have been made to seem like they're the only aspects of astrology and it kind of dumbs everything down. So I can understand why that's upsetting to some, but simply said, I mean, if you want to make people understand astrological energy at the very least on the polarity basis, you know, with masculine versus feminine, which is basically projective versus receptive, not having anything to do with male or female in the sense that most people think when they first hear this. But if your sun sign, the lens through which you view life, the beacon to, of light, light that you're called to, that tells you, hey, this is how life is. Your glasses that you have on when you view life and go out into the world and experience it as a personality. This part, if you are an air or a fire sign, you're going to have a more projective view of life, whereas water and earth signs are going to have a more receptive one. So on a very simple scale, when you look at other people and you only know their sun sign, for instance, you're getting a cue and a clue into how they look at life. Now, compare that to how you look at life. What do you two sun signs have in common, if anything at all? You know, what, what is there? Are you standing on opposite sides of things? That's a good way to start looking at how you interact with other people on a very simplistic basis. You know, look at the difference between, are you guys both receptive about how you experience life? Are you both projective? Is it an opposing type situation? What's going on? So you can see what's going on in ways that you probably didn't really think about before. And then looking at keywords for both your sun sign and another person's sun sign before we even go in deeper even into looking at synastry charts and stuff just that very simple thing you know seeing how they interact someone's birthday is 90 days before yours or 90 days after that means you're going to have a square aspect with your son you guys have like this mm, you don't see things easily into like Resolution. There's more conflict. It's more head to head, toe to toe, square up energy. So simple things like that. Just starting there, not digging way too far too deep, even though I love taking people way deep into astrology. It's beautiful. But just wanted to mention to everybody that it's optimal time to be taking responsibility for yourself and your healing and how you show up in your relationships. What you put into them, what you get out of them and why. Examining your behavior and how you have learned about your behavior through the behavior of someone else you have interacted or interplayed with. It ain't no joke. It ain't no joke. There's so much information here. If you're at the point where you're willing to point the finger inward and take responsibility, then you can use this energy so very wisely. 
if you're not at the point quite yet where you're able to take responsibility for your actions and your relationships and such, just continue to work through. We have to be able to take responsibility for ourselves. People get so mad at me when I say things like you're responsible for your healing. They want to mention people's um, mental states. They want to, or, or diagnosis. I am not saying anything bad against anybody's mental health. What I am saying is it is unhealthy to continuously surround yourself with people who are not taking responsibility for themselves and their healing. What happened to you is not your fault. What happened to you very well happened at the hand of someone else, but it is definitely your responsibility to deal with it. And though we can certainly tiptoe around people's triggers if we if we prefer and sometimes that's necessary i'm not going to just count that out directly because if someone's working on themselves and i know they are and you know there's still some triggers i'll work with them i'm never purposely trying to injure anyone but good relating between people is not just about you know how strictly you cater to every little whim that may set them off and remind them of some healing they have to do. I never want to make light of anybody's situation and what they're processing. All I know is that on top of being compassionate for people, I also encourage them to do the very same thing that I had to do. We all have to do it in different ways, but when we take responsibility for our healing really and truly, hmm, you won't want anybody else to cut corners. So if you've been cutting those corners, what are examples of other people that you interact in your life that you see where they're not cutting cor corners, they're stepping into things fully? What can you learn from them? If the opposite is true for you, where can you be the example to others without pushing yourself? Remember harmony, nobody wants to be told necessarily what to do or commanded. Libra energy is about tact. It's the social sign par excellence. How do we best deal with people? If you think about it, if we put Libra energy on the ascendant, that means there's a whole chart of opposite energies. I natally have this energy because I'm a Libra ascendant. I have Aries, the house of Aries being impacted by Libra. The house of Taurus being impacted by Scorpio. It's a constant opposition type thing. Anybody with heavy Libra energy can really attest to this balancing act. This seeking harmony. How do we do this effectively so that it affects us and impacts us in a way that is profound and allows us to have better interactions with other people? Tact is important. So it's not about all just going out and telling people, fuck you, you need to be doing this, that, and whatever towards your healing. I mean, sometimes there's people you got to pop off on because they haven't been wanting to take the responsibility, but it's not a one-size-fits-all situation at all. Think about your one-to-one -one relationships, not just relationships in general. Actual examples from your life. What have you learned? What is there for you still to learn? You'll figure it out. Stay tuned because next I'm going to have a chat and chill session I did with a very dear friend of mine. Um, it was done a while back, but would love you guys to take a listen to our conversation. So stay tuned.
but he was very, very knowledgeable. He's one of those guys that he'll shake your hand and he'll, he'll tell you your name. Uh, okay, your name is John Smith. He'll say John Smith over and over again. And then he'll say your birthday and he'll say your birthday over and over again. And then he'll spell your name. And then before you know it, he's telling you things that don't nobody supposed to know. Ah. And one thing he said to me, he said, if you're going to take this path, if you're going to take this student path of research and trying to find out certain truths or what have you, always go to the etymology of certain words. Yes. Not the definition or the meaning, but where it comes from. And since he told me that when I've been reading, whether it be the Bible or whether it be the Torah or whatever, I, whatever religious books that I'm reading, I'm always having to search back the etymology of certain words. And it comes to a realization or even a fascination to come to realize that some of these words actually have uh, a different spin or a certain type of meaning that when you understand it, it gives you another light to look at things. For example, mm -hmm. um, spirit. I believe the word spirit means breath or to breathe. Yes. So when you read the Bible and every word that you see that says spirit, you switch that to breathe or breath, it becomes a whole new story. It becomes a whole new realization of something that is like, okay, now I can understand. Now it's not just some magical, mystical, oh, this person's walking on water or, you know, something superhuman or supernatural. Now it's like, okay, I can really get the feel of what this means. And really what it is, is you're talking about us and talking about the anatomy of our bodies. Our body is our temple. You know what I mean? Um, when it says be slave, uh, don't be a slave to, to your masters or what have you like that. It's not... Mm -hmm actually talking about somebody outside of you you know what i mean don't let your spirit be a slave to your ego thank so, you you know your ego is the ego is basically what runs with what is running you on this earth and most people don't I mean? know that you know yes whatever you can see whatever you can touch it, that's it's called your senses for a reason you know what i mean and whatever you can see taste feel or touch that kind of, I don't want to say that kind of takes away, but it helps the spirit forget, you know, what it's here for. So, mm. to say, you know, uh, certain things remind you of quote unquote, oh, damn, I wish you could see my air quotes. But uh, <laughs> there's certain, certain things are placed in our way to remind us of what we're here to do. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we might take it as, you know, oh, you know, that's religious structure or all of that spiritual hoodoo witchy stuff and we keep going on with our lives but we forget that you know it's it's a few things that's inside of us I don't know some people may call it two as a split personality some may call it three uh father son holy ghost or mm -hmm. Go super ego, whatever you believe in, just know there's more than one of you inside of you. If you can get what I'm saying, that but, is true, yes, yes. But you have to realize that you know you can't always be a slave to what you see, what you hear, what you taste. Now, I mean, television is called television for a reason, it's telling you a vision, 
is giving you some type of pro programming to program you a certain way. So once your ego attaches to that, it's hard to not become a slave. See what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, you're synced into it at that point. Yeah. And I wanted to say, I didn't even tell you, like, I started recording. I usually warn people before I start recording, but you were, you were spitting some things I thought needed to be included. <laughs> That's okay. But I definitely have to introduce you to everybody. So we're back on another episode of Spiritual Gangster Certified. I am Illyvish or Janae. You can call me either. Just don't call me late for astrology or dinner because I have Venus and Taurus. Uh-huh. But we have a special guest, Bashir. I have actually known him since I was a teenager. Yes, we go way back. Way, way back. back. And it's so <laughs> beautiful to me to see that, like, even people I haven't seen for years who have found an interest in spiritual concepts, things dealing with the occult, astrology, African spirituality, all the different things that are of an interest to me as an adult now to know that, like, we can communicate on that level because there's so many people that we grew up with who won't necessarily find any interest in this, right? Well, I would say they could find an interest in it if they realize what's going on around them. Sure. It took me a while for me to realize what was going on around me. Like, uh, I was, from what I was told, I was been supposed to, you know, be a student or a teacher of this when I was young. But, you know, like I said, like uh, in our conversation before about the, uh, the spirit and the ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was young, my ego had much of me. So, you know, I wasn't really in tune like I am right now. I but see. But I, 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 I feel as though, you know, the others can come around. There, there's still a chance. It's just the fact yeah. that they have to open up a little bit more. I feel you on that. And it's interesting because I don't think that I've ever really cared about looking strange off weird whatever um to people like I don't much care about the opinion of people in general to the point where it'll stop me from doing or being who I'm supposed to be right but but what I do notice you know because we're all more inclined to be connected over social media and stuff like that you see stuff that is just as normal as breathing to talk about you know as far as me and you and other people are concerned but you'll see some of those things be attacked because it is really challenging people's set belief systems and you know oh my gosh that's evil or that's this or that's that and before I had even started recording you said something that stuck out to me which was basically you know, people be like, oh my God, that's witchy. Um, Yet I grew up going to Catholic school and Catholic church. I just talked to one of my other friends about this um, yesterday, who when we were younger, we weren't into this stuff. But as an adult, you know, she's like, dude, we've been doing rituals forever. Mm -hmm. Right. Candles. (laughs) We had an altar. Like she was like, she was like, I haven't been to church in a while. I was like, I haven't been either, but I guarantee you, if I were to walk into a Catholic church and they would start mass, I would still have recall of everything they say, when we stand, when we kneel, when we sit, even though I haven't been in well over 15, 16 years, but you know, that that stuck out to me what you said, like, so y'all don't see the witchiness or ritualistic 
nature of mm -hmm. your religion it, it ours is just you know what we're into mm -hmm. it, it, it just looks weird to them because it, it's strange but it's connected in some yeah. way and it's it's all connected and it's the fact that when people it's veils that's put up uh mm. curtains so it's like you know when people don't want to take a peek behind that curtain it's just like okay i'll just be entertained by what's on this side of the curtain and regardless on what's going on behind that curtain this is what i see mm -hmm. and so 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 therefore this is what i know so because of that programming or whatever they see on that other side of that curtain is programming them to just be like okay this is what it is at face value and if i do take a peek behind it and i find any out anything else oh no that's what you Oh no, that's not <laughs> that, that, that's not this. Oh no, that's not that. Yes, but, but it comes to a point where uh, I, I said this before. Uh, you have to really start looking at certain words and start really looking up the etymology of certain words. So where it's like you don't take things at face value. Yeah, you don't take things for oh, that's just what the preacher said because, you know, he holds a certain title and this is his place of worship, so I'm going to believe him. Oh, okay. No. Uh -uh. <laughs> tell me what you got to tell me. Yeah. I'm going to go home. I'm going to study. I'm going to research what I got to research. Look up whatever words, look up whatever parables, whatever phrases, and then I either I come back to you and be like, hey, okay, so basically what I got from your uh, congregation or for your preaching is this, that, and the third, instead of me just going home and just saying, okay, let me just go pray to uh, this white man that's in the sky and he's going to save me from all this and all that. <laughs> I mean, with enough respect to everybody and what they believe in, okay, cool, that's fine. But on the flip side of that, once you open your books and you really start getting into these words, and where these words come from and what they mean, you start to realize that, you know, it's talking about yourself. It's talking about your body. It's talking about the human body and the human anatomy. Yeah. And, and, you know, without saying too much, once you start opening up certain keys of Solomon, you know, then you start realizing, oh, okay, now I can look at the Bible through the eyes of a, of a chemist or oh okay now i can look through the torah through the eyes of a mathematician yes so it's like, all right now it's a different world for each of us i believe that too because there was this skit a long time ago well it probably was like yeah, i want to say like 2006 I was watching like HBO and they had the like HBO comedy hour and Bill Burr was on there and he was like, my girlfriend makes me go to church with her. And, you know, he's like, the priest comes out and he's like, the thou, this, blah, 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 all this stuff. <laughs> and she, he's like, I'm kind of laughing. And my girlfriend is like, shh, be respectful. And he's like, he's just some guy. And she's like, no, he's some special guy. And he's like, <laughs> His name is John. He used to play football and now he does this. And I just thought that was so funny because at the time I was starting to examine why is it that I'm just following what I was brought up to follow? I had too many mm -hmm. questions and I always had these questions. Like when we started Catholic school, they used to force you to go to confession. And I remember 
I didn't, that didn't sit well with me because I kind of felt like anything that I really was sorry for or, you know, or I wanted to discuss or had to get off my chest or off my conscience, mm -hmm. that should be done because I want to do it, not because someone is telling me to. So it had me look deeper into, I'm like, why, like, like, why am I being told this is what I should believe they tell you that right. if you don't baptize your baby within a certain amount of time after it's born the baby is going to hell and I was like I don't even know if I believe in hell like I had <laughs> you know like all these different questions so when you're looking into the bible from the lens of a person who was just told this is what you believe this is what you do you know I feel like it's creepy. Like, I, let me be clear, because I don't want to insult anybody's beliefs either. But it's creepy to me, because no person that I've ever seen that just believes something because they were told to can really explain to me why they resonate with that belief or why I should. Whereas like when you just said, when you're studying words and you're able to read the Bible and other religious or ancient, ancient texts through a certain lens, it, it has entirely different meaning. You see things mm -hmm. and understand things in different way because you're studying words. I even yeah. tell people, you know how we'll be like, pay attention. Like, mm -hmm. I, like if somebody's not focused on what you're doing, you're like, hey, hey, pay attention. Even that, people don't pay attention to what we're saying. Mm -hmm. Pay denotes an exchange. It means you're giving something to get something. So if someone is saying to pay attention, they're telling you the attention that you're giving is going to get you something. We say this phrase all the time, but no one really thinks about what it means. And it has a very, very high spiritual implication as far as I'm concerned, because it explains one of the things that a lot of people talk about all the time, um, some people may say you get what you focus on, you know, you get what you talk about, your vibration. I'm sorry, go ahead, honey. No, uh, like manifestation. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like interwoven into like our everyday speech. And that's not even necessarily religious. So when you look at like what you said earlier, talking about spirit, you know, breath, what does this mean? People are reading things, taking them, I can't even say taking them literally, because have you ever heard anybody tell you not to curse because in the Bible it says don't curse people? But I'm like, do, do you understand they're not talking about curse words? They're talking about saying something like a plague on all of your houses or something like that. Like, exactly. that's a curse. But they don't realize this. It's like, I'm just reading words and then I'm spitting them back at you and going, don't do that or do this. You feel what I mean on that? It's like, it's the, it's the programming. Um, I'm not sure when it started. Uh, maybe a history buff or whatever can tell us, but mm -hmm. it's like um, where spirits stopped being thought about and everything about the ego became exciting. Hmm. So, you know, um, you know, television, uh, let me turn on the TV and you know, when I'm watching the TV and they're talking about Africa or African spirituality, and now it's all this voodoo stuff and it's evil and it's skulls and it's blood and it's monsters and this, that, and the third, it's like, okay, this is what it is. Right. So when I'm at church or 
the pastor is talking about this, that, and the third, all right, that's what I'm following. So anything else to me is all hell and all this and all that. But we'll go back to the whole baptismal thing. Um, with me, I had to pretty much look behind that veil, look behind that curtain. Mm-hmm. And now that I look back on my life, I've realized, you know, there's a certain path that I had to travel and looking at this path, you know, yes, I also went to church and yes, I was always in church all every Sunday with grandma and candy and baptizing <laughs> and singing the praises and everything. So I had to realize, okay, why did I have to go through this? Regardless of who believes in what and what believes in who, for the betterment of me, why did I have to go through this? And once I started realizing, once I started paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Once I started paying attention to things that was happening to me in nature. Um, I'm a military guy and uh, I was traveling overseas and I had people come and touch me and talk to me and tell me things that they would never know about me because they live in a whole different continent. (laughs) Uh, They don't know me at all. And it's just like, okay, you're telling me these things and you're telling me what to look out for, what to watch out for, who I am and all this, that, the third. And it's just like, I'm paying attention and I'm listening to whereas though my friends that were with me was just like, oh, that's hogwash. Oh, that's bullshit. Or excuse me, I don't know if I could cut No, you could. Yes, you can. This is one of those places where you can speak freely. (laughs) So it's like, oh, that's bullshit. Oh, that's this, that, and the third. After, After I started paying attention to what was happening to me over the course of my life, I started to listen. You know, now church wasn't just a place where I just went to and it was just all these people talking thus this down on the third and it's just like all right let me pay attention and let me see what's really going on here mm-hmm. so when it was like okay when it was people getting baptized and like you said oh people get baptized so you don't go to hell and all this that the third it's like all right I know why you're doing it why you're saying this I had no idea but I know why you're doing it because, okay, in African spirituality, it's sometimes good or normal for a person to get a head rogation. Okay, mm-hmm. for a person to get a head rogation, I mean, could keep negative things off them and they always have to dress in white while they wear this thing on their head while certain fruits or certain things in nature is put in this head cleansing or what have you, boom just like what they do in church with a baptismal okay, yes. okay now i'm starting to now i'm starting to get it but it's like all right i don't get the separation i don't get why people don't understand the spiritual the spirituality behind this religious movement or what have you then it's like all right now i'm getting further and further deeper into the differences of the church and spirituality and it's like all right now I'm listening to this preacher talk. All right, yes, I get it. I, I get the word. I get the scriptures. Yes, yes, yes. Turn water to wine. and Yeah, I get it. But at the same token, it's like, all right, the people around me are taking this thing literally. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> okay. And it's like, okay, God said the body is the temple. Let me see. Let me take this thing further, all right? Uh, when it speaks of wine, uh, 
in connection with a man. You, uh, what's the same color of wine or what have you like that? <gasps> blood. Yeah. It's the air turns reddish, uh, reddish purplish, whatever color, like wine. Yeah. And it's like, okay, all right, let me take this a, 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 a thing further. All right, uh, Maris, uh, the Canada Galley. All right, cool. Um, galley is what? Uh, a circle of water or fluid. All mm. right, cool. We call that shit the circulatory system. Uh, yes. Canada is a dividing place. Okay, a dividing place within the person's body. What's the dividing place within the person's body that, you know, what I mean, the circulatory system goes through? <gasps> Lungs. So, mm. all right, water and wine. All right, um, there's, uh, there's that water thing again. And of course, with water comes oxygen. And of yes. course, with oxygen also comes, you know, to breathe a breath. What do we say? To breathe a breath is the meaning or something of <gasps> spirit. All right, so cool. All right, so now we're getting somewhere with this whole circulatory system and the Bible and wine and water and spirit and air. And it's like, okay, that's me peeking behind the curtain. That's me taking things an extra step further mm-hmm. to see what it means for me. Because my whole thing is with religion, with the structure religion, I really don't talk all bad or blasphemous about it because if taken the right way, it'll get a person to where they need to be. I agree. But if taken the wrong way, it will leave people, like it say, sheep or zombies. Yes. It's one of those things to where it's though somebody gotta be a shepherd to take somebody by the hand and break them out of that reality. Like Morpheus and Neo. Mm-hmm. I mean, got gotta be somebody to break them out of that reality. So it's like, you know, to a to a person or a sheep that's willing to listen, there's people out here that's willing to tell you. And the thing about Yes, and the thing about it is I noticed that, you know when you start peeking behind the curtain and things start becoming clearer to you, because this was part of my journey too, I was just filled with this sense of, oh my God, everybody needs to know this. I have to point this out to everybody. And you know what happened to me? The first year that I was really peeking behind the curtain, it happened because I started watching these videos. People hear me talk about this dude all the time. This dude, Santos Spinacci. He does this thing called syncretism, which essentially he uses astrology, etymology, history, the study of different religions, occult stuff, all of that. And he shows you how they're all connected. Mm -hmm. Like even something as simple as saying, for instance, um, he has this exercise where he has you look for Ra. So anytime you see... Um, any words in English that happen to have R-A or R-I or, you know, and where you can actually look for Ra. Like he talks about the fact that when spring starts and that's in April and Mm -hmm. April, if you, if you flip the P around you and make it a B, you get Abril in Spanish to open and, Mm -hmm. you know, you get 
the Aryan quality of opening a season. He just goes into all this stuff and he he's always telling you to pay attention to the words, just like you said. So I'm learning all this different stuff. He's showing us basically because in Western astrology, of course, things are based on the sun's ecliptic. So, you know, the path of the sun that it apparently takes from our vantage vantage point on earth where the sun goes up into the Tropic of Cancer and then down into the Tropic of of Capricorn. And he's like, that's a sine wave. Like, and then he said, it's a continuous pattern that's happening. You can see how that applies to everything. He puts fairy tales in there the story of Jesus, everything. Like, so I was just like, my mind was blown. So, you know, when your mind's blown, what do you, what do you do? Usually you get excited. So I'm going to go share this with some people and my poor little heart. Some people was just not wanting to hear it. (laughs) And I had to realize there's this phrase, it might be in the Bible, but I know it's in the Kabbalion, which talks about, you know, hermetic principles. And they'll, they'll say, milk for no i'm sorry meat for men milk for babes and then they reference that part of the bible that says don't cast your pearls before swine so what i had to come to learn was i'm going to be open about the things that i learn and that i want to share with people but everybody won't get it like some people are here not to get it if we're being very honest like they're here to have the experience that they're having how do you deal with i just wanted to know your personal mechanism for how you deal with the people who make it clear that no matter you know how eloquently you can explain how you come to the findings that you have when you peek behind the veil what do you do to just be like all right you know i gotta chill out with this specific person or with that specific person because they're not ready to hear it some people want to force it on people um it's funny uh i don't force it on people however okay so i'm a cancer i'm a credit mm-hmm. so i don't pretty much force it on people i find crafty ways around it ah. and, <laughs> and what helps me out a lot is television is programming is certain shows um, certain things that I point out on certain shows, whether it be old cartoons as Popeye. Oh, so you're relating or, stuff to things you probably yes, you know they've encountered. I see. Yes. So, because to me, it's like the best way to teach a person who's ignorant about something is to get them to get them in a familiar area. So. Mm when they start to learn something new, they can familiarize it with something that they already know. So they are no longer ignorant about it because, you know, they can familiarize, you know, oh, uh, the, the, my thine, my thine eye and light and whatever, excuse me, I'm sorry, I, I said it wrong, but it's something like that in the Bible that relates to Popeye. And it's like, okay, oh, all right, I remember that now. Or even olive oil. I mean, olive oil is a could be a cold word for melanin or black. So, you know, when you start to when you start to see the synchronicity in certain things, cartoons and uh, television shows and everything, it helps people learn it a tad bit easier. Mm-hmm. But you also run into 
you also run into the other flip side of that to where it's going could be oh no this is uh this is fake this is just television oh no this is just you know oh yeah you know this is not real but it's like okay i'm not saying that it's real i'm saying that it's describing or it's taking from uh a certain pataki and spirituality or a uh, certain uh, scripture in um in the Bible or something like that. And it's just like, uh, yeah, you 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 might have a point, but you know, it's still entertainment. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> You're like, like, this like, person is is making their case for not really wanting to absorb this, and that's fine. But yeah. you tried, you know, you tried to find a way to relate to them. I feel like that is admirable because I see people just start berating people and like going in on them and Mm -hmm. like kind of coming at their neck when it's like you did not try to find some sort of common ground so I can appreciate that you do that because that's a lot more respectful regardless of the outcome it's a lot more um connecting to someone else's humanity by, you know, trying to find some sense of common ground. You know, we've well, all seen cartoons mm-hmm. and, and well, different I shows. Out, I figure it out like this. Uh, like one of the scriptures says, it says, you know, um, you can you can teach a man how to fish, you can feed his family and stuff like that. So it's like with me, you know what I mean? Instead of forcing it on a person, I try to show a person how they could see it in certain things. Now, you know, they might, like you said, they might just take it and just have any type of excuse to not see it. However, when you're not around or, you know, it could be days, weeks, months later, you always get that one phone call or one text message. Yo, guess what I did today? Or guess what I peeped? I was watching something and they said this about the Orisha Oya and I remember what you said not too long ago and I connected that with the tornadoes and then I connected that with the cemetery so yo yeah like so it's like okay at the time when I was talking about it they didn't get it but I dropped the seed to yes. somewhere along the line they may see something and they'll figure it out and they come back to me and tell me and just like okay now you're on your own way and that's beautiful because planting a seed, mm-hmm. never underestimate the power of planting a seed. Exactly. It'll sprout later. Some For some people, it might not sprout, but that's not the point. It's the, <laughs> it's the willingness to even do it in the first place because you have no idea how many um, little impactful moments a person could have that you were the catalyst for. Yes, yes. All they got to do is just take time and realize that moment whether it be in that moment or after that you know what i mean they they, they say the, the the time right now is a present it's a gift so yes. you, accept it. you have to accept it like it is and just be in the moment yes yes yes, yes. i love that because one of the things that is a big issue for a lot of people especially in these times that we're in people are either too worried about the future or too stuck to the past. So the current moment for them 
is not really the current moment. Like, especially with everything that has been going on politically and stuff. Well, I'm sure you know. Yes. You know, like what's going on. But also in addition to that, there's this this like sense of fear. Um, People are fearful for their future. Now we had had a conversation, me and shout outs to Marie Russo. um, But she was talking about getting in better like understanding of why certain people will think certain things and like you may not be a believer into the same thing that they believe but you can see why they have that fear or why they have that concern for instance like the people that stormed the capitol you know that was all over social media um there were all types of videos there were all types of memes there was all types of everything and i heard a lot of people discussing this like those people are crazy and like if if that had been black people we couldn't do that okay i get that i i get that for me what i had to do was i had to strip away any sort of allegiance to any side cuz i really don't have one when people ask me my political allegiance that's a whole other story like, I feel like we are all being controlled, but like, I sound like a conspiracy theorist when I say it, but um, essentially I was like, it breaks down to this, regardless of whether we agree with certain things or not, that'll show you the power of fear that people had that their lives and livelihood was going to change. And they were so concerned about their future. Um, and, oh, we can't have this happen. And an election was stolen and all this shit. And I'm like, see how powerful fear is? Right. See how powerful it is to get you to think that, number one, that you could go do that. There not be real consequences because there were people videos of the people who um, were getting pulled off the planes coming back from Washington all completely shocked like you know why are you pulling me off this plane how'd you even know i was there not to mention we got all types of technology and people's cell phones was telling on them big brother watches exactly not to mention a lot of them had already like posted to social media right you gonna post that you was there but you're surprised um you surprise people know but i just (laughs) thought it was interesting because if anybody is truly living in the present moment this sort of fear that washes over people about their future. And I'm not trying to say, cause you know, people will argue with you and be like, well, if you're just living in the gift that is the present, then why even plan anything? Why even, you know, um, try to have a future? It's, it's not that extreme. It's more so where is your mind at any given time? If you're constantly focused on, oh my God, something fucked up is gonna happen. Oh my God, something fucked up is gonna happen. Oh my God, something fucked up is gonna happen. You're not living in this moment dealing with what you can actually get from this moment. It's called a gift for a reason, just like you said. There's Mm -hmm. something available to every one of us in those moments. Do you see the shit on social media that lets you know that people are scared? Like, I see it. I see it everywhere. Yeah. And the, 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 the weird thing about it is it's like the more I see it, the more I see people just letting go. And it's mm. like, all right, it's not about letting go. It's not about YOLO. It's not about you only live once. Right. You know what I mean? It's not about, you know, uh, damn, they, they, they stormed the Capitol and it's COVID out here. So you know what? I'm going to go to Miami and go party it up and <laughs> live my life like there's no tomorrow. 
Nah, nah. See, the whole thing with the present and being in the moment and that being a gift is the fact that you have faith in this moment with hopes for the future and that future is going to bring that charity. Mm. And it's like when you don't have no hope for the future, it's like, okay, you living in fear. You, 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 you living like YOLO. You, you only live once. You And it's like you have to get out of that. Yeah. Uh, regardless of whether you know you see the uprising and people storming the capital and everything like yo there's things going on out here whether you pay attention to astrology whether you pay attention to the news or whether you know i mean you're ignorant of both of it whether you go when you go outside your door you're going to feel it whether it yes. be the quarantine whether it be at the corner store whether it be walking down the street and hearing people on the radio or people the neighbors or something like you're going to hear it you're going to feel it and you can't ignore it so you have to be in this moment but you can't fear the moment yes yes you have to you have to realize what's going on around you and why it's going on around you so you can properly move to the beat of your own drum because you can't move to other people's beat you know not at you, all you, you you move to somebody else somebody else's beat i mean that person might wear a size 13 and you wear a size seven so <laughs> somebody's going to trip over something and i know that's right <laughs> you, know, so, you know you got to move to the beat of your own drum and once you learn to move to the beat of your own drum there will be no more fear uh the, the people storming the capital won't even make you flinch because you already got your path mapped out i agree you know, with I mean, that you just have to have faith in yourself and faith in whatever it is that you do and you can't let the outside senses you have to trust in your spirit you can't let the outside senses that that now i mean um that mess that tickle your ego get with you <laughs> you can't let the mm -hmm. outside senses that tickle your ego get with you i agree with that because i mean it sounds crazy to a lot of people but i know you'll get it 2020 was an unprecedented year. I remember the last day that I went outside, like actively normally was my birthday, March 10th last year. Mm -hmm. And to be very honest with you, <laughs> quarantine wasn't bad on me because of the not going outside part, because I don't mind being indoors because I can always find something to do. What right. I found interesting was that I was not glued to the, to the television trying to figure out, oh my God, what are they doing? When is this going to be over? How is this going to be handled? And because a lot of people are in that mindset, I couldn't even have conversations with some people. I already have an aversion to small talk, like people who can only do small talk. Oh, we're going to talk about the weather or sports. Like I need there to be some semblance of a like depth, but... Mm -hmm. I started to sound offensive to some people because it's like, well, you don't, you don't care what's going on with COVID. Look, if they say wear a mask, you know, all right, if I'm in a certain store or if I'm outside, I'll do it. I don't really like go around people a lot anyway during this time. I understand that there's some things to be concerned about, but I use 2020 to focus on me, to, to do what you said, like the beat of my own drum, not let the media scare me, not let 
the pandemic scare me because here's the thing if i give the media my entire attention and allow them to manipulate my emotions the outcome's going to be the same whether i pay attention or whether i don't so why make it worse for myself so i'm suffering right in uh watching all this fear mongering, getting myself all riled up when instead I could be paying attention, like we going back to that phrase, to the things that I need to, to enrich me as an individual. So I'm using the same amount of time, but for something different. And people get so offended by that. Like, oh, you don't know want to know what's going on. And it's like, it's, it's not really that. It, it, it's more so like, I don't want to let the news of what's going on completely rule me and make me a person who lives like you know knee-jerk reactions like the people who like are triggered like so quickly by everything like I'm just calm and I don't understand why that's so offensive to people for you to be calm <laughs> it's um it's not the popular opinion you yeah. know when when, 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 it, when something's not the popular opinion you know and you got a different answer everybody's looking at you weirdly and <laughs> I know exactly what you mean and how you feel. Um, Barbara Walters ain't never lied. 2020 showed us a total new vision. And <laughs> yep. It's, it's, it's funny you said that because for a long time before 2020, with me personally, everything had, every all my attention or has been on everything that outside of me, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you get what I'm saying, um, I was a people pleaser. Me and too, honey. Quarantine in 2020 and COVID actually helped me realize how much of a people pleaser I was mm -hmm. and helped me evolve into me paying attention more to myself, me praising myself a bit more, me being a bit more into myself to where it's though now. I have evolved into a whole better being than mm. what I was yesterday, months ago, a year ago, two years ago, whatever you want to say. And it was all because of 2020. I now, the way I move personally, once I heard, you know, COVID was out there and all this and all that, you know, everybody had their own opinions about about it you know mm -hmm. um some may be facts some may be false uh where it comes to you know uh certain blood types or what have you you know i paid attention to that mm -hmm. when it comes to you know um eating right or taking care of your body or what have you i really started paying attention to that and once i really started paying attention to that and i started doing certain things myself i think i came out around my birthday, around July, July, yeah, about mid-July, end of July. And once I started to come out, you know, I started to get in the swing of my own thing. Um, mask everywhere, uh, keeping hand sanitizer on me, uh, mm. keeping a uh, baby wife or something on me. And once I started getting into a certain, a certain rhythm of being outside, you know, I started going back to bars. I started going back to the clubs and stuff like that. But at the same time, I was still my my opinion of being safe. Got you. And, you know, I live alone. 
Mm-hmm. So my opinion of being safe, you know, I, I washed my hands, I sanitized, I kept my mask on, although I was still around people, I had my own opinion of being safe, I followed it, and knock on wood, lucky for me, nobody got sick because of me or what have you, but, yeah. you know, it's a certain set of rules that I follow when I go out, to where as though, you know, I keep myself safe, but I still live my life. I still have my fun. I still don't let certain things keep me from doing what basically I want to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But at the same token, I have to also worry about others and the health of others. But again, the more I take care of myself and the more that I treat myself and love myself and make sure that I'm protected in anything that I want to do, I feel as though the people that I'm around, they're cool. Yeah, because you you have taken care of your own health, and then that's reflected out to the people that you're around, which I think is a very important point point to bring up because, you know, there's a fight with some people. Well, the effectiveness of masks have been disputed, and then and I'm like, look, this I'm gonna look at it this way. I don't know. It is okay for me to say I don't know, and because I don't really know conclusively certain things, I'm going to err on the side of caution. So I'm going to have my mask on or I'm going to, you know, keep my hands sanitized and clean. I'm going to do these things because I care about other people's health. Whereas you have a whole like population of people that are like, that's just trying to control you and don't get it twisted. Like I already have some ideas about how the people in power or um, so-called powers that be control people. But at the same time, that simple act of responsibility for your own health then translating into the respect that you show other people so that Mm -hmm. you can keep them safe too it means so much like all that other stuff notwithstanding if you've managed to still be able to interact with people and nobody gets sick and you not have to feel bad like oh you know I bought this plague I keep thinking of it as the word plague in my head just because it sounds funny to me I have a dark sense of humor (laughs) like I'm a Pisces, but my son is in the Scorpio Deccan and the Scorpio Dwide. So like, (laughs) like I kind of have like that Scorpionic vibe to me, but you know, essentially it's, it's responsibility to me and you have enough respect for yourself to handle things appropriately, which then like just shines out into how you deal with other people, which is so important. People act like it's not. And it's funny you mention all that because, well, for one, I kind of had also that dark pussy humor. I, uh, I have my Pisces is my moon sign, but Got you. what I had, I have a buddy of mine who pretty much said the same exact thing and was like, yo, you know, uh, they said, you know, that, that, that opinion that you got about the blood and and everything is not etched in stone and you taking care of yourself and working out and this, that, and third. It's not etched in stone and you're still catching it, this, that, and third. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you heard about this, or when you seen this on television, were you sitting down? Or were you working out? Oh, your, your sound went down a little bit. Just wanted to let you know. Oh, I'm sorry. When no, I that's okay. I said, when I asked him, when he said that to me, I asked him, you know, when you see all this on television, you see all this uh, scare or fear tactics or what have you, were you sitting down or were you working out? 
meaning, were you procrastinating or were you just were you trying to better yourself? Regardless of regardless of what it said. Mm-hmm. Because it's like you can take it either way. You can take it as there's no oh man, they're saying this, that, and the third, and don't go outside and don't do this and don't do that. All right, fine. So you just won't say just gonna sit there and do nothing. <laughs> I mean, you just, you just sit on the couch and eat some more. People talk about, oh, I can't wait through quarantine. I know I did, but I know why. Exactly. And my, my whole thing for me, I, I, I kind of was lazy for about two or three months. But once I snapped out of it and realized, okay, wait a minute, I gotta start taking care of myself. All right. I can't get sick. All right, let me start eating better. All right, let me uh, let me start getting a lot of my stomach together. You know what I mean? Okay, COVID attacks this and that and the third. All right, let me start uh, getting my ear together. Let me stop smoking. I got asthma. All right, let me put the cigarettes down. I mean, how many people was like, okay, they seen all this was actually gave up cigarettes? Hmm. So it's like, all right. It's one thing to see something and to say something. It's another thing to be like, okay, let me start changing for the better, betterment of myself, regardless of what I see or regardless of what I say. Yes, I believe in this. Yes, I believe in that. But let me start doing something for the betterment of myself. Because even if it comes to me, I need to be in better health for myself, right? Listen, I agree because I swear to you, I don't know if it's COVID that I had, but in February last year, ooh, I was sick for three weeks, and that's an inordinate amount of time for me not to be feeling good. You know what I mean? Um, But at that point, before we were even in everything that we're in now, I remember thinking to myself as I'm looking up all the things that you could be taking, um, what you could be doing um, to make your body healthier, I was like, dang, I really need to be more on my shit you know what I mean mm-hmm. um especially with nutrients and things because I have different conditions that I really have to be conscious of what I eat like soy completely messes with one of my medical conditions it exacerbates pain whole bunch of other things um you know I have iron absorption problems and different things like that and I remember thinking to myself well you know if I had been a little bit more on task eating certain things, taking certain supplements, then, you know, maybe I wouldn't have had this sickness. Maybe my body would have been able to fight it better. So for the rest of 2020, once we got into quarantine, I was like, on certain things. Like, yeah, I did gain some weight eating the wrong stuff. Well, it wasn't even the wrong stuff. You know what it is for my Venus and Taurus behind, um, which is trying my Jupiter. So it's excess. It's indulgence. You know, like, even if it's something healthy, like, if you like it, you want to have more of it. But I started paying more attention to what I was taking and how um, it made me feel. I started actually writing down when I I started this, like, it's for women. I hope they get it for men. It's this, um, it's a nutrient bite. Instead of you taking, like, a vitamin that has preservatives and different things in it, your body will better absorb nutrients from actual food. So they've put food together and some other nutrients into this. It looks like a little brownie, but it's like green. 
And it's about, yeah, it's like really small and you eat one a day. And I've noticed a significant change in energy levels, skin, just everything since taking this. So, you know, paying attention to those little things instead of me being scared of COVID, I'm like, hey, look, my body is working with me now because I'm paying attention to my health in general. Not just, ooh, they said don't go out here because if you go out there, you're going to spread it or you're going to get it. Like, I wasn't, that part didn't concern me. I focus more on me. Right. My general health. Right. And it's and that's how it's supposed to be. You know, once you focus more on yourself, it's supposed to vibrate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's supposed to resonate with others. And once it resonates or vibrates with others, it's like, okay, boom, now I got to start taking care of myself. And once it vibrates and resonates with them, boom, they got they they reach out to their people and that so keeps on going. That's why uh, this whole internet thing, this whole social media thing, everything is the World Wide Web. It's the web for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all connected and we're all supposed to be connected and each one teach one. <laughs> yes, the connectedness. And I know you'll know that as a Pisces moon. I was just about to say, mm-hmm. listen, people do not, people do not get prominent Pisces energy, especially in a position like the moon. They don't, mm-hmm. I know this is just went off topic and I'm sorry, that's my Pisces that's sun fine. and Pisces Mercury, like just jumping, going that's over fine. here, going over no, here. That's fine. that's fine because I'm, I, 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 there's a way I can bring it all back around, go ahead. <laughs> but um, the thing about it, and I say this to people all the time because I see that Pisces is one of the signs that gets hate and it's fine. I feel like every <laughs> sign someone has experienced in some negative way, they will say something about, but mm-hmm. Um, there is this quality of like almost living in two different realms at once with Pisces energy, where oh, we, yeah. when we're dealing with people or um, subjects or whatever, we're not just focused on what's in front of us. In other words, if you meet a person and you're aware of who they are in the physical, what they're telling you about them, all of that, you actually with your Pisces energy are kind of meeting their higher self at the same time which is why like they'll be like well Pisces is delusional y'all be anybody with the heavy Pisces energy be liking people and you know it turns out they're terrible well I saw their potential like I met them in this realm and in another realm at the same time and it's just interesting because I have have so many questions for Pisces moon people just because I like to be able to compare how that energy comes out through the moon sign since I have it only in sun and mercury but Mm -hmm. it's just interesting because I can't imagine I have a Capricorn moon so I tend to be it's not that we don't feel stuff against popular opinion because people be like Capricorn moon people are cold ah I get it it's kind of like we just manage our emotions in such a way that you can't tell that they're going on. Like we remain kind of stoic. But my question for you as a Pisces moon, this is something I ask most Pisces moons I run into. When it comes to having to protect yourself from being able so easily to pick up on other people's shit, what do you do? Um, I hold back. I hold back, but then again, like I said before, I'm a, I'm a cancer son. I'm a crab. 
Mm-hmm. Always find always find a crafty way to get it out. Or I always find a crafty way to get it out of them. You know, uh it's just um yeah. Yeah. Uh <sighs> that because I know y'all feel every like I just it's it's like an essence of feeling everything experiencing things and then you got your cancer son so I already know like this is a highly intuitive energy just in your sun sign alone but the Pisces moon too yes and the only reason why it's making it hard for me to answer this is because I'm laughing because I'm I'm going through all my conversations and moments of this and Mm -hmm. it's like it all not always but it's it's sometimes more so begins or come outcomes i would say in a debate not pretty much an argument but it's always a debate because it's like i can tell or i can feel what a person is feeling or thinking on the inside Mm -hmm. Because when I say it, or when I tell them, or when I let them know, I don't know if it's embarrassment or resentment, but they don't want to admit to it. Mm. And we kind of get into a back and forth. And when we get into a back and forth, I'm a water sign. It it, it becomes turbulent. It becomes Mm. waves. Yeah, the waves are all over the place. to a point where it's like, okay, we both go our separate ways, but over time, like I said before, I get a text or a phone call or something, you know, I realized you was right because this happened or that happened or I walked into this or my wife said this to me and you said this was going to happen and I didn't say that it was and that happened. And it's like, I don't want to say I told you so, but it's like, okay. Now I see what the whole <laughs> was about. You know what I mean? Whether it was an embarrassment that I picked up on something that I wasn't supposed to pick up on. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're giving me the whole debate or the argument or just the simple fact that, damn, I should have mind my business and just should have kept my mouth shut. Ah, see, wise man, you are, because you see that side too. Some people be like, no, if I see it, I'm going to speak on it. <laughs> exactly. if I feel it I'm gonna speak on it <laughs> exactly and it's like we have to know our timing especially with friends because I do it with my friends a lot and I see sometimes it alienates some mm. and it's like matter of fact I remember okay so I had this friend of mine and um very dear friend and it, uh his daughter passed away and he keeps oh, no. it was a while back and thank you but it was a while back and he keeps his daughter ashes in the urn on top of the shelf okay so it was one day i came into his house and um i was coming back from a drum a saturday drum and um i was as we say wide open so I'm in his house and I'm playing video games and I keep getting the taste of this candy. I keep getting the smell of 
uh, perfume teddy bear or something like that. And I'm just like, wow. and something is just coming to me. And I'm like, all right. Uh, and I couldn't hold it in because the more I hold it in, the stronger the taste got. The more mm-hmm. I held it in, the more I smelled. So sometimes people can't hold it in. You have to let it out. So I tell them, I say, yo, like, um, y'all got a hospital visit or something coming up soon or what have you? Like, what's, what, what's going on? He said, yo, why you asking me that? I said, I have no idea why, but I just got this sweet taste in my mouth and just real sweet smell and just words as just saying hospital, hospital, hospital. He's like, yeah, my uh, my wife, she, she has to go, she has a doctor's appointment coming up. I said, okay, you should go with her. It's very important. Mm-hmm. How do you know this? I was going with her already. The doctor's appointment's in a couple of days. I said, yeah, but you're, you're having second thoughts. Like uh, my friend, he's a squirrel. So it's like, dude, you procrastinate. Now, I mean, once we start smoking and start getting into the video game, you're not going to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, no, you're not like, dude, you have to go. I was thinking about it, but you know, I but no, there's no thinking about it. You have to go. All right, I'm going, but I have to ask you this. Why is this doctor's appointment so important? He said, no, this doctor's appointment is so important is because to see if she can have another child. And I said, damn it, that's what it is. Because you keep your because you keep your, excuse me, your daughter's ashes here in the living room above the television where we're playing a video game. It's like I keep getting this sweet candy taste and sweet smell and everything. It's a kid. And mm-hmm. I keep here in hospital. I'm like, all right, look, you have to go to the hospital or the doctor's appointment with your wife because she has to follow every rule whatever they tell her because she has a breathing issue whatever they tell her so y'all can have a kid again so this kid can come out healthy and actually be born and when i told and this guy i knew for years Mm -hmm. so when he always knew you know me having a haitian father what have you he always knew i was into something different yeah but all he really knew was my mom's side and you know what I mean? West Philadelphia and everything. Mm. So he really didn't know this side of me too much. And really, this is actually one of the first times he met this side of me after knowing him for almost 20-something years. Wow. So, so it was like when I told him this, I can tell I kind of frightened him or made him uneasy because I was on point, but mm. I needed to tell him this. Afterwards, our relationship was still the same, but when it came to, you know, spiritual talk or religious talk or what have you like that, I know he kind of shied away from certain things. Mm-hmm. And he when he went to go get, I guess, information or what have you, because he was curious, he always went to somebody else. And that kind of made me kind of jealous or upset because it's like, dude, I kind of showed you what I can do. Mm-hmm. But then again, when I talked to him about it, he explained to me, it was like, 
like fam, like maybe it was better I go to somebody that don't know me. And it's like, yo, you got a point. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I like, think that was intense too. You you know what I mean? For you to yes. pick up on. And some people like they're like, yo, wow. And don't quite know how to process it. It's one it, it goes back to the beginning, paying attention. Mm-hmm. And just realizing what you're around, what's going on, what's happening to you, and basically how that, how basically you can compute it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, how basically you compute it, how you can bring it out. Um, with me personally, I've had feelings and stuff like this for a long time. To whereas though, you know, in high school and in college, you know, it was just a little scare attack that I used to do with my friends when we were just sitting back smoking, playing video games. <laughs> Hence, <laughs> ironic, ironic, look at the same scenery. But, right. <laughs> but, you know, it was a little scare attack for them to where as though I was just playing, you know, or I was just talking shit or we was just high or whatever. So whereas though now it's like, okay, I'm hitting certain points and I'm paying attention to certain things because I might have went through certain things, you know what I mean, to get me to a certain point or to a certain position to become open like that. But I've gotten to the point now to where it's the, okay, now I can kind of explain what I'm feeling or what's going on. And like my friend said, maybe it's better he go to somebody that didn't know him because I knew him. So I already knew kind of what was going on with mm-hmm. his bait with his kid or whatever passing away. The only thing I didn't know was about the doctor's appointment. So it was just like, okay, boom, boom, boom. That's what it was. It was the kid giving me this sign in the hospital. All right. So it's like, okay, I understood now why he had to go to somebody else to get certain information or certain answers. It was like, okay, cool. Have cool. you ever felt a little freaked out by what you pick up on? Hmm, no, not at all. Actually, um, I'm one of those people that I get excited about it. I love it. It's like one of those things It's like, bring it on. Um, it's been times I've been in clubs and bars and I've told people stuff and I had people crying in the middle of a club or the middle of a bar on how on point to what I was saying to them or what it was I was telling them to look out for. I had people thank me. Um, I've had people, I've had a person kind of escape uh, a jealous, uh, abusive boyfriend boyfriend on a real good botchnik party night. So- Wow. Yeah, so it's like that. That's why I kind of like to bring it on, or I kind of like the sensation, or I like what I'm doing because it's like you know, I seen the help that I can do. That does make it worth it, you know. Um, Let alone forgive me. I mean, every every everybody has their own niche, or everybody has their own path to ahead. It just so happens that mine's, you know what I mean? Shit, I've done it in strip clubs. You know what I mean? I've been a reader in strip clubs. Like, damn, like, you know, yo, 
like, like I've told people some things. I can't even say it, but I've told people some things at their jobs and somebody in the strip club or clubs, and it's just like, yo, like, you know what? Uh, uh, give me a number. Uh, let me uh, talk to you. This and that, and it's just like the funny thing is, I never really, I never really advertise. Ah. I never really. I never really tell people whatever like that. It's like, if you know, you know, but it just comes when it comes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Of course, you know, I have to take my, my spiritual baths, my vocations or whatever after I, I leave these places or certain things come and I do what I do. But it's like, once I see the help, that I do, or once I see the faces, or once I see the uh, the confirmation, it's like okay, I see what I was here for. I like that because I think it's f- important for people who are just kind of tapping into some of their spiritual gifts, mm-hmm. not to fear them. You know, especially when they're working against maybe some programming from growing up where that stuff isn't really discussed, so they especially don't know how to handle it. So, you know, hearing somebody be like, nah, I like my gift. <laughs> I see yeah, I, I see where it is helpful. I see where I can have an impact on other human beings. I think it's important for people to know that outright because, you know, some people will be like, I am really freaked out. <laughs> now, 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 granted, without saying too much, there is a, a crash afterwards uh you know a certain feeling because you know part of you is not here you know what i mean when, mm-hmm. when sometimes when you're speaking when you're saying certain things and you know of course you know there's a certain reason why you know we call alcohol spirits or libations you know what i mean yeah and it's like the crash afterwards you know there, there's I can understand why people shy away or scare from it because, of, like I said, the crash afterwards, the headaches, the body aches, the back aches, and everything like that. Because you know, what I mean, it's certain energy that you're using in certain places that your body, that you're aware of, that you're taking from these spots. So when you come back, it's like, ah, all right, all right, ah. <laughs> so I understand why certain people are scared of it. Physically, I also understand why certain people are scared of it mentally. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, some people don't understand what they're seeing, or some people don't understand what they're hearing, or heck, God forbid, some people might say it may be devilish in the head. Yeah. But it's like, you know, once you realize or start to understand who you are, what makes you special in your life and your path where you come from and those of you who and those people who come before you once you start to realize and understand that you start to realize and understand yourself it's not a whole thing to be stuck in the past but it's a thing to learn from it so you can keep on moving that's all connected to our our ancestors exactly heck you never know them them, them feelings that you're getting or you know, them uh, ideas that you're getting could be from them. You know, it's not all devilish. Nope. I swear, I swear to you, when 
when I was 16, I was in the car with my mom. She picked me up from school and I was complaining about something. And my mom's usually one of those people that's real quick to tell you, put your seatbelt on. But for some reason this day, I, I was sitting in the front seat, seatbelt wasn't on. And then we get to, matter of fact, you'll know, cause we grew up like in the same area. We're on, what is that, Lansdowne Avenue, just past the library, about to go over the bridge, and something, I don't know what it was, something was like, put your seatbelt on now. You know, my mom's not telling me, you know, this is just a feeling, or I don't know if I heard it or if I felt it. I put my seatbelt on, and 30 seconds later, we hit a car head on. Yes. And I would have went through the windshield or been more messed up than I was, even though this was an accident where the airbag, because I put my hands out in front of me, broke all my fingers and both of my hands. But it could have been so much worse had I not paid attention to that nudge Mm -hmm. to to put my seatbelt on. Like it was it was an overpowering like feeling. No, do this now. And I listened I don't know if that was an ancestor. I don't know if it was a, a spirit guy. I don't know, but I listened. Right. And it's like we all have, we all have that guardian. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We 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 all had we all had we all give it a name, whether it be Ego, whether it be Alicia, whether it be ancestor, whether it be guardian angel. We all give it a name, but we all know. Now, I mean, that's a spirit that protects you. Or that protected you. You know what I mean? Once it gives you that oomph, that extra nudge, once you pay attention to that feeling, mm-hmm. to that, uh, that, that that voice, that inner voice, you know what I mean? Like you said, uh, your mom wasn't telling you no more. Nope. You know what I mean? <laughs> whatever, whatever it was that was outside, the things that would have uh, gave sensa- senses or sensation to your ego wasn't tickling you no more. So now, you're in your spirit. Yeah. You know I mean, once you're in your spirit, I mean, now your spirit is talking to you like, yo, put your seatbelt on right, motherfucker, now. Yes. It, it was now. like, I felt like I got smacked in the, pace, in the face with that message. I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. okay. And the next thing I know, it, boom. When you feel it, you don't ignore it. Exactly. And it's funny because it's like, um, when you, when you hear stories like that, some people will be like, oh, that's a nice story. It'll never happen to me. <laughs> it, it, it happens to everybody. It's just the fact that people are different. So on your path or in your story or, or in your life, you have to find that particular story for you. That's yes. mapped out just for you. It might not be the same. However, it's something that you feel is something that you know that's mapped out just for you. It might be something like, hey, don't go to work that day and God forbid, boom, the job goes up. Right, right. You know what I mean? Or it's like, uh, don't walk down this street, walk down that street, and before you know it, it's a big sinkhole. And it's like, all right. And I mean, every everybody's story is different, but it's going to, the feeling is going to be the same. Yeah, so sharing your stories is important because even though someone will experience it different, you're describing the feeling or the experience. Exactly. And for the work that you do, let let the audience know 
primarily what you like to focus on or what you enjoy um, as far as how you conduct readings, how you just do your work? Um, how I conduct readings, I uh, conduct readings through tarot. Okay. Uh, I also conduct readings through my spirituality. Um, yes, that's that, that, that I, I'll go as far as that. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, we all have different ways in which we divine messages mm-hmm. and spirit. And I think a lot of people have it confused. They feel like, you know, I don't know if it's more so they look at it like everybody should be doing the same thing. They don't understand you're drawn to certain types of divination or practice. Like it's individual. Like everybody isn't going to handle things the same way. Like I got into tarot and cards after astrology. And then I realized that astrology, though there is some intuition that I use in it when I'm doing readings, because like spirit points me towards something a person wants to talk about Mm -hmm. it's more of like a science in that i have to follow rules like what i can see in a chart is based on you know actual angles and you know different things like that whereas if i'm doing like a tarot or a card reading or something just taps on me to tell somebody that's coming from an entirely different place but some people think that if you say you're spiritual that all of us are going to be doing the same thing and it's like no <laughs> no not at all not at all oh uh, with me i with me i went through certain spiritual practices first and once mm-hmm. i went through my spiritual practices first and started understanding who and what speaks within me, mm-hmm. I started understanding other forms of divination. And once I started getting into other forms of divination, uh, the tarot cards, from the tarot cards, I now try to expand to the birth charts and everything. And mm-hmm. with me, it's like, okay, those are the basis. If I need anything to get deeper, you know, I pull out my Shemalongos and I really do a real in-depth type reading. Got if you. I need to get deeper. But for right now, you know, with my basis, with the tarot cards, and like I said, I'm starting to learn the birth charts. The birth. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. I know. I know what I know. It's just the fact that I'm getting my angles and degrees on point. Got you. Listen, I look at astrological study as something that I don't care if someone's been doing it 30 years. You know, Mm -hmm. people who are really interested in it, you're going to be a lifelong student in some ways because there's going to be people you encounter who are going to tell you about different techniques that you can utilize that, you know, helping your readings, um, just different information that helps you better understand stuff. So it's like, I totally get that because I feel like no matter how much I know, I don't know enough. And I know Mm -hmm. I won't live long enough in this incarnation to know everything. So I look at it like, Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm open, you know, I'm, I'm open to learning different concepts and stuff like that. And the thing with astrology is, One of the reasons it took me so long to come out as an astrologer is because I was under the misconception that 
I had to know everything before I had the right to speak astrologically. And my Virgo energy is like, I have a Virgo dominant chart. So I feel like I have to, like, I can't speak on something unless I really know it. So I started realizing, you know more than you think, you know, (laughs) It's, it's okay to be, you know, open and, you know, speak on what you do know while simultaneously being open to learning more. But I'm glad that you realized that, you know, there are some people out here who seem to think we're all supposed to just be doing things the same way all the spiritual people all like that this is how they act or this is how they do and it's just like i know i'm not some people's view of what's spiritual just from cursing or cussing they like oh how can you have such low vibrational language half the times i don't even need cars or anything just give me a candle and a glass of water there you go and the funny thing, also, you say you have a Virgo dominant chart. I have a Virgo yes. rising. Ah, so that's what we're 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 the resonance is there right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, Virgo I feel rising. you. So you already too with that Virgo rising will be the sort of person that is going to pay attention to those little details. The details just come dripping off of you. This is just like <laughs> how you lay everything down, and then. Um, that puts Pisces, I guess, in your seventh house. So in your relationships, in your connections, and people look at the seventh house all the time, like it's just romantic relationships. No, it's any one-to-one connection um, or any contract you enter with people. Yeah, like agreement. There's a very open, which which helps your moon, obviously. There's a, a, a very much an openness to your approach when you deal with somebody on a one-to-one basis, which gives you the ability to discern so much information um, intuitively because it's just there. That's the nature of your chart. You can pay attention to the specifics, but also have the ability to get the broader picture in people. That's why you're able to pick up on the things that you are. And I think that's beautiful. In the, uh, I, I'm a Navy guy, or I was a Navy guy. Ah. In the Navy, we had this little saying, uh, attention to detail. Mm-hmm. So, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that, that, that's my big thing. That was always my big thing in the Navy and definitely after the Navy and life going forward. You know, just attention to detail. Gotcha. Don't get lost in it. No, see, that's what your Pisces energy understands, because to be honest, what I had to learn over time, I'm glad for my Pisces energy, because if I didn't have that balance, oh my gosh, I would be so stuck on a detail. They say the devil Mm -hmm. is in the details, and I take that phrase to mean, like, you could literally put yourself through hell if you're not, um, if you're too focused on the small things, because, you know, Virgo energy wants to get down to brass tacks let me reduce everything to its lowest common denominator and you know that balance is good to have so i'm glad you mentioned that because yes we need that <laughs> there's hey, a good balance between both hey even marvel tell us that there's multiple universes so i mean if you get too much focus on one you can get lost in it yeah <laughs> you'll miss the entire point look i mm-hmm. am of the mind that there's so many possibilities to how we could define, I guess, the system, air quotes, of life, like (laughs) how you could like quantify it, like how it works, the mechanics and everything. But I do know that if we pay too much attention 
to, I don't want to say insignificant stuff, because obviously if it was insignificant or if we felt it was insignificant, we wouldn't probably be staring at it. But mm -hmm. to, it's discernment, knowing when you got to zero in on smaller details and knowing when it's just okay to let some of that fly. It, it's a balance between that Virgo Pisces access. Right. Pisces is big picture. Virgo is like, nah, fam, where are the details? <laughs> you got to come to a balance. That's, that's, that's just the best policy to have. Right. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> so also too, I wanted to ask your opinion because I feel like when people are walking into curiosity, like fully stepping into their curiosity about the things that would seem a little weird to others, you know, with spiritual practices and things, there's a lot of liberty that people take to just declare themselves, you know, aligned with certain things. And I know specifically, like with African spirituality, I see this mentioned all the time, you know, there'll be people that'll just be like, oh, I'm a child of Oshun, just because they feel like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or that's the Orisha that they know about or that they like the most and that they're like, oh yeah, I want, that's it. It's her, you know? And it's like, I see people get so upset about that. You know, this is actually a process. So could you tell me a little bit about that? <laughs> All right, so I can. Um, okay. There's many ways I can tell you about that. Uh, or one way I can say, yes, it it can get to a point where people become so fascinated with Orishas and with the similarities between them and the characteristics in the Orishas what have you that they could just be like, oh, you know, I I love the color yellow and I love the surface of perfume and I always eat mangoes. So yeah, I'm Oshun or, you know what I mean? Uh, just because I'm big boned and I'm dark skinned and I love children, I'm in the ocean. And it's just like, all right, you know, maybe, but it's not, it's not technically all about that. And, you know, it all depends on the type of person with whom how they can take it uh for example without saying too much uh okay. there are times i know of a stories where it's like you know people go and get um they go to an actual uh oriente or actually uh a santero or a palero or even a babalao or something mm -hmm. and it's marked and it's like all this time they're feeling as though there's something and they're one thing it's like boom once you find out you're marked for another it's like well why <laughs> you have to understand like there's certain there's certain things that happen in life or as life goes on to where as though things change mm -hmm. You know, um, although you may feel like one thing on the outside, on the inside, you're actually this. Mm -hmm. And the thing that you feel like on the outside is really a mask and it's not really you. Got you. So it's like, you know, don't be 
upset or hurt because of the fact that, you know, you either did not know who you really are or you knew who you were, but to please other people or to move on or forever or whatever other reason you decided to put on a certain mask. And when you put on that certain mask, now that certain mask got you believing that you're a certain characteristic or a certain reason or something. It's just like, no, on the outside, that's what you want to be. Well, on the inside, you're actually this. Great point. It's like once you realize or once you come to an agreement to who you actually are, once you know who you actually are, you're not going to be hurt. You know what I mean? Once you know who you actually are, you know what I mean? It's not necessarily going to be a letdown because either, you know, you know who you are and that's who you are, or you know who you are and it changed, but you know the reason why it changed. There's uh, so many details in it, too, like that you could have been headed down the wrong path because exactly, of what you wanted. Exactly. Uh, without saying too much, again, I could give another example for a story uh, or a little saying, like um, your head can be a little bit too high. You know what I mean? You might think you're Sean Go. Your head could be a little bit too hot, so they might have to give you a box a lot to calm you down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, you think that's what you are, but you know what I mean? If you know anything about that certain region, what have you, you're high-headed. You're a little bit too hot. You're a little bit too, too temperamental. You know what I mean? In order to save your life, we have to give you something else, and that's what the thing is. Sometimes in order to save your life. Because we are blind to things sometimes that are dangerous. It's funny that you said it like that too, because it made me think about when I first saw my birth chart and I was mad as fuck. Because, (laughs) you know, when we just identify with sun sign, because that's the first thing that we learn about, I'm looking at this chart. And it was on Cafe Astrology, so it was not the wheel. It's like that recipe or that grid list thing that they give you. Okay. And it was like Pisces Sun, Capricorn. I was like Capricorn, and, and then was, you know, <laughs> then I saw Mercury and Pisces. So I was like, okay, because all I identified with was my Pisces energy. Then I saw all that stuff in Virgo, and I was angry because I had been in a relationship with a Virgo, and I remember, oh God, I was probably annoying. Um, constantly being like, what? Like, you just, you have to pick everything apart. You're such a Virgo. And I started realizing that person was reflecting some of my own energy back in me. And I started seeing where I was nitpicky, critical, um, you know, always kind of like the wet blanket, like, because somebody could say something and I would be like, well, actually, you know, it's this, you know, and then I'm like, oh my God, there it is. I identified completely with Piscean energy, eschewing the rest of this energy only to find out, no, nah, honey, that's not what you are. Like, look at look at all of this. It's it's all of this. I mean, technically, all of us are all 12 signs. People get mad when I say that. Just at varying <laughs> amounts and in different configurations. But it was just interesting to know, like, you can really mistake or identify with something so strongly. And then when you find out that's not me then you might fight against it 
if you don't accept it, you're just making it harder for yourself, but actually reflect upon it. See why, like you said, why it's not the case. Exactly. Why what we're saying is the case is the case. How does it apply? Mm-hmm. Be honest with yourself about that comparison. Mm-hmm. Don't just be like, oh, shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. I see that all the time. <laughs> like, I see it all of the time. And it's, I, I mean, people have, I don't want to say people want, People want what well, yeah, pretty, pretty much people want something to believe in. So mm-hmm. especially when it resonates with them or resonates with the image that they want to be or resonates with the image that they want to portray, they're gonna take it and fly with it. True. And they're gonna try it, they're gonna try to fly as high as they can with it, especially when they start seeing entertainers or other people doing it and you know, now you get the friends talking about it, and now it's a beauty shop conversation, and now you want to jump in the conversation and just say, hey, yes, I'm Oshun, and it's just like, Oshun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just, it tickled me, because literally, that's that's what it feels like when people do that, and I'm like, I have a respect for things. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I've learned I got to tone it down and really know more and take the pro- appropriate steps to understand before coming to any conclusions about like, you know, what that definitively means for me or what right. it definitively means for anybody else. So association with something because you like it isn't the same as just simply going, you know what, I really like Oshun's energy. I like, you understand what I mean? You mm-hmm. can appreciate and say that without just declaring yourself her child just because you like her. It's interesting. <laughs> it's uh, it's very interesting because it's it's. It's a lot of work to go through to find out who's who and what's what. Mm. Um, a lot of work. And once you find out who's who and what's what, it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, work within yourself thinking back to uh, certain times in your life or certain moments to uh, where that certain energy could resonate with mm-hmm. certain times and moments. Uh, when it came up to me and it got my turn in my life and they told me who I was a child of and, you know, I kind of questioned like, oh, oh, oh okay, if, if, you, if you say so, be patient, calm, all right, I'm life of the party. I'm this day. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who was breakdancing in college and playing basketball and doing this, that, and the third. So it's like now it's like all right, yeah. king of the white cloth, uh, calmness, patience, me, really. All right, cool, whatever you want to say. But once I go back in my life and I think about certain moments and certain times, and I think about the Patakis that I know now, or you know, the certain things that I know now, it's like, okay, I see why I was this way. Because right. I had to learn from this in order to become here. Or I see why I did that. Or I see why I had to go through that. Because I had to go through that a certain way 
in order to become who I am today right now. And it's just like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So so at one point in time in life, you know, without talking too much again, at one point in time in life, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe Oshun did have that person's head. But, you know, life life happens, things change, and now all of a sudden somebody else got that person's head. So it's like, you know, you could go through your whole life thinking you're one thing and something may happen that is snapped and now it's boom, you're something else. Or, or, you know what I mean? Uh, one can own the body and the other one can own the head. Ah, but I see. That's also a nice special occasion also. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I, I really think that, you know, people don't even think about the different possibilities that could, you know, make for the differences. And there, I mean, obviously there have to be circumstances where everything isn't just running one way, like for everybody. Like that doesn't make, you know what I mean? Like these little um, circumstances where certain things should be going on makes it make more sense. Because I feel like people just want to belong so badly to something that when they identify to it, they just want it to be that, you know? Like you say, it's um, with, with the Zodiac sign, everybody got a little bit of the every sign in them. Mm-hmm. Or everybody's a part of each sign. Just like with the Orishas or even with the Loas or the Nkisis, any 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 spiritual belief, you know, it's a part of them and you. You, I just, love gotta, it. you just gotta figure out what makes your head. Yeah, so where you're ruling from, that makes me think of like you was talking about being a Virgo rising since, you know, that the that's technically in the house of the head or the head of the chart, you know, that's what's leading it. And the position of the rising determines the rest of the body, so to speak. And everything is corresponding to astrologically to the body from Aries to head to Pisces to feet. So that's where that ties into that too, which I'm like, I don't like being that guy, but people speak so fervently and so strongly that they're not this or not that. Like, and it's like, no, like I've had people fight me too familiar. Now, I did my chart. I'm only Scorpio and Sagittarius energy. I don't care what you say. Okay. Well, what I'm telling you is, and here comes the Virgo energy coming out strong. You can say that, honey. But it doesn't change the fact that you have a 12th house. So even if you have no planets in Pisces, you have a 12th house ruled by Pisces. You also have Pisces energy in one of them other houses. So you can keep telling me whatever you're telling me. That's fine. You don't have to accept it. It's, it's still the case. <laughs> like, it's, that's, that's the truth. So our acceptance um, and ability to actually be able to look deeper and understand is so important so that we don't wind up missing out on the parts of ourselves that are really there. Like think of how many people don't think that they're, they'll be like, I hate Gemini. And then I look at their chart and they got planets in Gemini or a bunch of um, planets in the third house or aspects to Mercury, just different things that would give them that Gemini energy. And you're just like, wow. Exactly. You you exactly. overlooking a part of your damn self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's 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 funny because it's like all right, 
you gotta understand also, it's like, you know, when people just be like, okay, yeah, I'm just a Scorpio and I'm just a Sagittarius. Like, okay, how do you love them? How do you argue? How do you fight? Do you Thank argue? you! Do you, do you argue, with, you think you argue as a Sagittarius or do you think you argue as a Scorpio or what's your Mar what, what, what's in your Mars again? Oh, all right, all right, all right, cool, okay. How do you think you love? All right, uh, you think you love like this or do you think you love like that? How do you think you feel? Matter of fact, how your relationships go? Tell me that. Do you love one person for a while, one minute, and then the next minute you are totally different, opposite flip flopper? Oh, okay. That 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 must mean you got the Gemini and Venus. Oh, okay. That means. Oh. So it's like you know, they don't pay attention to how other things make up the body. Yes. Pretty much how, how how certain parts make up the body. And it's just like they want to pay attention and focus on certain things. And it's just like, okay, you have to know how the whole machine works. Exactly. Raku just said that a couple weeks ago. He's like, when people come in identifying strictly by their sun sign, he said, I feel like that's like saying, I'm just a heart. Well, <laughs> because, you know, Leo, sun, that's heart energy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, you're just your heart? So what about your feet? What about your ankles? What about your teeth? What about your lungs? What about your hands? What about your elbows? Oh, you're just a heart. All right, I get it. <laughs> I guess. It's really that deep, but it takes, you can tell who is really tapped in, um, like such as yourself, because you understand that it's parts of a whole and that we can look at them individually, but we can't isolate them in such a way that the other parts don't count. It, it just doesn't work like that. Everything has to be complete. Complete is 360 degrees of a circle, not just, you know, one fourth of that circle or one twelfth of that circle. You know, what is the entire thing looking like? That's why I tell people, they'll be like, well, I don't have any planets in this sign, so blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you, your chart is the entire 360 degree wheel. Right. It's, which encompasses 30 degrees of every sign. So like, I was trying to tell people, and this is just a clue for the audience, like, I don't have any planets in Gemini, right? <clears throat> but I do have planets in my third house. So number one, that gives me like some Gemini essence to me. But my Gemini energy is located in my eighth and my ninth houses. So I know when the sun goes into Gemini every year, it's gonna light up the end of my eighth house and then eventually my ninth house. So that tells me areas of life that are gonna get the vitality and essence of the sun highlighted. So the eighth house, this is like, you know, the house that people get scared of, but I don't think they should be because they, you know, they're looking at it like, oh, it's all the Scorpio themes, like, sex, death, transformation, taboos, stuff people hide. It's also shared resources and legacies, you know, and stuff like that. So I know some of those things are going to come up during Gemini season. And then by the time it hits my ninth house, then I'm going to be being more curious about what I can learn. This is a time where I usually start thinking about where I'm going to travel to. Well, if I didn't have any Gemini energy in my, in, in my wheels, why how could the sun transit my chart how could any planet do it like i try to get people to understand it's bigger than what they think you just exactly. made me think of that through what we were talking about like your whole self is affected 
All right, I'm going to raffle off some questions at you. They're random. So please okay, don't be like, what in the world with this random girl? I have Mercury retrograde in Pisces natally. So sometimes I'll know exactly what I want to say and it'll come out like, <laughs> but we'll do it like this. Okay. Favorite Zodiac energy. Favorite Zodiac, favorite Zodiac energy, Pisces. Virgo. Got you. Got you. That's a great axis. I don't think people understand that as sister signs, them two have a lot in common. They're just literally sitting opposite of each other. Mm-hmm. Why are why would you say that though? Like what's your what's um, your take? All right. So I kind of base things off my past relationships. Mm-hmm. And with Pisces, I've always had a loving, trusting relationship with a Pisces. Gotcha. Um, although it might have ended crazy. <laughs> Listen, it, it, I get but, it. But 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 it gave me a chance to take responsibility for my actions. So it gave me a chance to grow. Got you. So therefore, that's another reason why I say with Pisces, it gives me a chance to take responsibility for my actions because with me and Pisces, they don't give me no bullshit. Mm. Virgo. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was about to say because that speaks so heavily to your moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with Virgos, Virgos, uh, every Virgo in my relationships in the past, like the Virgin Mary, motherly, taking care of stuff. Yes. Yes. Loving. Very loving. Very talkative, very down to earth with me. Uh, very good relationship with me. Uh, of course, Virgo is my is my rising sign, so you know, I, I I tend to get very much along with Virgo females. Got you. Because mm-hmm. that gives you like it. It actually helps intensify your house of self and, and giving you that little boost in the world. Because okay, here's the thing. So since the rising sign is so important, I don't think people give it enough credence. They don't look at the fact that that's like the seat of just who you are, like how the world is taking you, how you're taking the world is such an Mm -hmm. important part of your chart. And it's one of the things that I don't think people realize is as important as it is because you can look at that and go oh like you know I can see how that energy has an impact on my sense of self on how I operate out into the world you know what I mean versus just going okay well I'm just gonna look at people whose sun sign is the same as mine you know that sort of thing so I I dig that I dig that totally and I was going kind of liking that too what? Um, you know how they got uh, synchronicities of parables, right? Mm-hmm. And you got your sun, your moon, and your rising sign. You could kind of liken that to the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah, your trinity. Uh, yep. Uh, like you said, the uh, your rising sign is what comes out, what you show to your world. That's the sun right there. Now, being the the I'm the sun, the Father. The father is the sun shining, uh, shining high and the Holy Spirit is, you know, the moon. So mm-hmm. that's the Holy Trinity right there. It gives people a lot, which is one of the reasons why I at least like people to kind of, if you can't remember everything, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're starting your spiritual astrological understanding of yourself. Know those things and know how they impact you. And that means that your ruling planet is Mercury it, or your chart ruler is Mercury as a Virgo rising. So we're coming upon this um, this retrograde. So you'll feel those impacts because Mercury is your ruling planet. And yeah, and we're getting a different version of Mercury. For the past couple years, every time Mercury went retrograde, it was in a water sign. For the next couple years, Mercury is going to retrograde only in air signs. So this is going to be a totally different (laughs) experience. And if you even think back on like, oh my gosh, the past two years, it was started with Mercury retrograde in Pisces, which I natally have, so it didn't bother me so much, but it was mm-hmm. just dealing with other people. Emotions. <laughs> yes, and then it was in Mercury retrograde in Cancer, and then Scorpio. People, listen, I saw some shit <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with emotional processing and people speaking on it or not speaking on it or kind of telling on them. It was interesting, so in air signs oh that's gonna be interesting yeah the mental you're gonna have to let me know how how you feel um during during the retrograde and then after when it's in shadow and mercury is going back over all the area that it retrograded over i would love to hear that and the reason i'm saying this to you is because i took a look ahead at my solar return chart and i'll be a virgo rising um from this birthday coming to next birthday and i was trying to figure out oh like you know i need to speak to the virgo risings i know because Mm -hmm. your entire life basically was set on a path of having virgo on the ascendant so i'm it'll tell me what type of year to expect from myself um and it'll be interesting because mercury will be my ruling planet for the year and I'm like, ooh, I, I'm going to be about them details too. So there's a lot that I can learn. And I tell people that all the time. Like, if you meet people and you can at least find out their big three, right? And you notice that y'all have the same rising, check to see how similar experiences you've had in life. Even if you're a different sun sign, even if your son is in a different house and like, just there's differences there'll be some similarities because you're rising right it, it's setting the tone for a similar like play out of life <laughs> okay i get it, it I it's got interesting you. yeah because like i'll tell people i'm a libra rising and that that is not easy because you have opposite energy in every house i got libra's energy in aries house scorpio's energy in taurus's house you know, Sagittarius energy and Gemini's house. So my entire life is about balance, it feels like. And it's crazy. I'm not I saying had, that it's bad. It's just crazy. Listen, I had Libra in three different planets. I know. <laughs> You're like, oh, I get it. You get it. Yes. something from my past and that's how i break it down you know what i mean that, that that's how that's how i break it down with the leaders and the planets and everything with me so it's like okay mm-hmm. with this libra energy in those in in, in those planets and those houses it was just like all right i see what i have to deal with within myself 
Yeah. And that, and then when I look back on life and I look back on my arguments and my debates and what happened to me that I had to be disciplined for, that I had to learn from and how it altered my life for a little bit. It's like, okay, damn, now I get it. I wish I knew this, this type of information when I was younger. You know, I can see where it would be helpful. Yeah, I say that all the time. Oh, I could have applied this in a different way. I could have had a different outcome. Because mm-hmm. I know I don't, it's not that I can't handle confrontation. My Capricorn, I have two grand earth trines. So Capricorn, um, moon, trine, and, you know, Taurus energy where Venus is, and then all my Virgo energy. So I don't mind the confrontation. I'd just rather not have it. And that's very Libran. Like, we want to be fair and diplomatic and kind of not have to take a side if we don't have to, if we can get everybody to just come into harmony. But I had to realize, oh, for most of my life, my rising sign was definitely smacking me in the face because I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't want the confrontation if I didn't have to have it. You know, I just want everybody to kind of get along. I seem to get along with people no matter what their background. So like, why even have all the extra like, so when it, when someone would bring that drama to me or something, I'm like, oh, see, now you made me see. Now now I got to turn up and I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. It is funny because with me, my Mars trines my Venus. Mm. So I kind of get excited i get mars trying my, my mars is trying my venus too so i get what you mean it's like oh okay mm-hmm. here we are is this what we're gonna do okay well we're gonna do it well let's enjoy this process once it's activated you know there's there's an appreciation and love of the fight or the or the um the battle it don't even have to be physical it could be conversation <laughs> Yep. It could be words exchanged. Like, okay, yeah. if you, yep, if I have to aggress myself at this point, I'm going to like it. So here we go. <laughs> it's, it's great to know that temperament about yourself, um, which ties back into us going into the beginning of the conversation. Because if you're not in tune with you, you can't follow the beat of your own drum. And though we are all connected, We're not all here for the same experience. So to really be in tune with yourself and what you're here to experience, what your gifts are and what your path is, you can't be reliant on being like everybody else, doing what everybody else is doing. So while you can see guidance from people, like people certainly could come to you for guidance. Once they receive that guidance and that direction, they still have to trust themselves enough to walk the path appropriately, stand in their own individuality and recognize that, you know, I tell people I don't want to kill my ego, but I do recognize that it is a part of this human experience. So therefore it cannot run amok. It cannot, you know, be, my ego isn't me completely Mm -hmm. 100%, right? Right. Your ego isn't you. It's like, your ego has to be a slave to your spirit, not the other way around. Yeah, because when it's the other way around, oh my God, we all met people like that. Like, mm-hmm. excuse me, sir. Excuse me, ma'am. 
And but it it, it can be tempting, mm-hmm. tempting, and it could be fun. But you know, remember, uh, you can't totally ignore your lower self or your negative self or whatever you want to call it. You can't totally ignore it. You have to balance it. Yes. You have to create a balance. You know, sometimes either side can get a little bit too much. That is true. You still got to create a balance. You can't get too intoxicated. You can't get too intoxicated with either side, whether it be high or low, whether it be positive or negative. But you have to create that balance, which is good for yourself and healthy for everybody else. Absolutely. And can you let everybody know how to get in contact with you? Should they like to do so? Uh, you can get in. I'm sorry for right now. I have only had Facebook. You can get in contact contact to me through Facebook, Kamlo okay. and Doki. Um, you can get in contact through me through my email, uh, Mr. Mr. Shango, S-H-A-N-G-O 215 at gmail.com. And uh about it. I will put that in the episode description notes so that people are able to find you. And I hope you come back and chat and chill with me, Bashir, because um always, anytime. Yay. Any time. And I appreciate you being here and appreciate the audience for tuning in to another episode of Spiritual Gangsta Certified. We will see you on the flip side.